Shalom, I am Alan. And I am Leontine. Alan and I are professional tour guides, friends, and immigrants to Israel. In this podcast, we talk about everything Israel and our life here. I moved to Israel, fulfilling a lifelong dream after 30 years as a trial lawyer in Memphis, Tennessee. And I have a lot to say about my homeland. And I was born in Holland, then lived and worked as a licensed tour guide in France and ended my journey living and working in Israel. Yalla, let's go! Shalom, Leontine, and Shavua Tov. Hello, how are you? I'm good, I'm great. I'm yes. Great. It's October. It's always nice in October here in Israel. Mm-hmm. The weather is starting to cool up a little bit. Finally. I, seem we, I feel like we always talk about the weather, but that's what people do, right? The, the heat is, uh, can, be, can be kind of part of your day, if I yeah. can say. So you, the, the thing here in Israel is that the sun is like really above you. And so that makes, uh, in Europe, I don't know how it's in the States, but in Europe it's kind of opposite or behind you, but here it's most of the day above you, so it's really present on top of your head. So that's why you have to wear a hat. Yeah, so now, <laughs> but now we're in that period of time, that October period of time, that yeah. is just like almost the perfect uh, time to be out uh, doing what we do. Sure. Uh, guiding people through the land of Israel. So tell me, uh, what's going on with you? So, yeah, I'm guiding lots of different people and uh, everybody is lovely, interesting, funny and so on. So I, I, I just want to talk a little bit. I had a group of uh, nine Dutch guys, men, and they work in the same business and every year they make a trip together. They're in the same kind of business they work. And uh, I short tour, just a few hours. So I ex- we did mainly the, um, uh, the Via Dolorosa and the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. Point I, I said, I explained what happened to Jesus and so on, and explaining to them things happened to Jesus also because he was a Jew. And then they stopped me, and two of the, among the nine, they said, what, Jesus was a Jew? Um, so I said, yes, of course. And they said, I, I thought he was a Christian. And they, these, one was Catholic and one was Protestant, And they told me both that they went to Sunday school, but somehow, so they said they never, nobody ever told them that Jesus was um, a Jew. So later I thought maybe they, they were told Jesus was a Jew, but maybe they didn't capture it. You know, that's like, it's so complicated that maybe they never re- so it was a, a big eye opener so i you know this is something something nice of our work i think no it's is that wonderful you, yeah, yeah you can uh, educate yes um so that's wonderful and at no, the end of the tour like they came back to me and they said we, i never ever <laughs> knew so it was kind of sweet yeah and you it changes the context uh, a little bit yeah so so uh, good so good for you so me uh yeah it's a great great week i just i i wanted to remark on something that i read Um, in the news this past week that uh, I I found it to be something that I I, want to share with our listeners. It's a kind of thing that you, sometimes we see it and we read about it, but I'm sure the world is not aware of these things because it's just, uh, you just don't expect these types of things uh, if you're outside of Israel. Uh, I read about uh, this young woman, she's 18 years old, from Gaza, and did you see the see yes, story? Yes. She received a, um, a uh, what do you call it? The, the 
Pacemaker? Pacemaker. Pacemaker. Yeah, yeah. She's, she apparently was born with, uh, with a heart defect, and mm-hmm. she's been treated. This young woman from Gaza has been treated in Israel now since she was a little girl for her heart condition, and they just implanted into her heart um, uh, this past week the same pacemaker that they implanted into our Prime Minister Bibi Netanyahu. Ah, uh, that I didn't realize. Yeah, it's yeah. Newer, newer technology. Yeah, through it's the, smaller. Through it the neck, in, no? Yes, it comes in yeah. through the neck instead of through the groin. <clears throat> and um, so it just is, a, is you know, one of those stories that, that, uh, that I, I love to read about mm-hmm. uh, and share with, with the world because the, the world sometimes doesn't understand what's happening here. Right. That uh, Gazans are able to come here for medical um, attention. And the group that does this is, um, it's called Save a Child. Mm. And they've apparently saved children from all over the world from diseases yeah. and defects. Uh, thousands of, of children from around the world. Yes. And they continue to do it and they'll continue to treat this girl who, because they've been treating her, and despite her her condition, she graduated from high school. Did you see in the article? Wow! She no, I just read the title. She yeah. graduated from high school, and she's going to attend. Uh, become uh, she wants to be a um, attend Gaza University and in high tech and become a graphic designer. Good for her. Yeah. So uh, great story. Yes. Um, so let's uh, move on to okay. our topic. The topic of the week is is a wonderful topic. It's about the Armenians, mm. particularly, and I think we've talked about the Armenian quarter, but today we're going to talk about Armenian pottery. Yes. Or Armenian ceramics. Mm-hmm. Um, so you and I know, but perhaps our listeners don't know, that the Armenians are very well known for their ceramic art. Yeah. Um, and in the, really in the, in the, in 1917, after the British defeated the Ottomans at the end of World War One, in the beginning of the, the British mandate, the British uh, had this idea of uh, freshening up and cleaning up the, the Middle East, uh, particularly Israel, uh, at that time Palestine, uh, that had gone into kind of neglect and Jerusalem was kind of a backwater and they wanted to, to dust her off, clean her up. And one of the things they wanted to do was to fix up the Dome of the Rock on the Temple Mount. The Dome of the Rock, the tile work on the Dome of the Rock had gone into, had become, uh, gone into disrepair through neglect. And um, at that time, the governor of the British Mandate, whose <coughs> name was, um, i trying to remember what his name was, Sir Ronald Storr. Storr, yeah. Storr. He had this idea of going to uh, find uh, an Armenian master uh, ceramic artist uh, and he found David Ohanesian. And he brought David Ohanesian here to retile the Dome of the Rock. And David Ohanesian came with two of his uh, apprentices. One was uh, a gentleman by the name of uh, Mergadith Karkashian. Mm-hmm. And the other was Nishan Balian. Yes, this is how you, by the way, you recognize always if somebody is Armenian. Because they have I-A-N at the end of their last name, their family name. Right, like keeping yeah. up with the Kardashians. Yes. You know, uh, people that follow the Kardashians. They're mm. Armenian, and their name is, is a classic Armenian name with the S-H-I-A-N. So these two, um, Kardashian and Balian, came because one was a master uh, painter, which was, um, I think it was um, Kardashian, and the other one was a master uh, potter. So together, they were going to retile the Dome of the Rock. However, when they arrived, 
<laughs> they were out of work day one because the Muslims who were running the Temple Mount, when they found out that the British had hired these, these Armenians who are some of the oldest Christians, they said, no, 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 no. Uh, these Christians are not going to be touching our Dome of the Rock. So they were out of work immediately. And uh, fortunately for Jerusalem, they decided to stay in Jerusalem and, uh, you know, start doing their, their ceramic art here in Jerusalem. So today it's very, very well known. And they did. Indians covered the... Uh With the tiles? No, 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 no. They never, they never were allowed to touch the. the ah, dome of the so rock. who did the tiles on the Dome of the Rock? Then? <coughs> I'm not sure. I remember. We have to. Mm. We'll have to look that okay. up and, and report back to our listeners. Yeah. But no, they they were not allowed to do ah. the Dome of the Rock. Instead, uh, in Jerusalem today, we see at that time period during the British period and and, and until today, they did they, they were hired to do ceramic art for many different buildings and. And art installations and the street and so let's let's talk about that. Yes. So what do, what what do, what do you see? What do you when you? So what comes to my mind immediately, first of all, is in the Armenian quarter, uh, the Saint James Cathedral. Uh, that is uh, already I love to go there because it's hidden. Uh, you have to go through a door, a corridor, courtyards, a second courtyard, and you can only go inside um, when there is a, a mass. Um, and then in the courtyards and inside the cathedral, they have really, really beautiful ceramics. Inside the um, uh, church, they are very ancient. They remind me of uh, blue uh, of Delft, you know, Dutch blue, white and blue. It's very beautiful. And outside you have um, uh, both sides of the entrance of the, uh, the door. You have beautiful panels with, um, with uh, ceramics. And, uh, of course, uh, the other one that comes to my mind, well, no, of course, it, we'll talk about that, is the street signs. Another one that comes to my mind is in St. Andrew's Church, the Scottish Protestant Church. There, When you arrive there, there is a, a fountain. Do you know that? It's a really beautiful fountain. You know what? I have seen the fountain, but I, 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 I forgot that it's also Armenian oh, pottery. Yes. The be beautiful. I say ceramics. You say pottery. Uh, ceramics. It's yeah. ceramic tiles. Yeah. Yes. But pottery, whatever. And the, the, the beautiful, beautiful uh, plants and uh, with a like, representation of plants. Really beautiful behind the fountain. Um, yeah, they, they love their cobalt blue. As I yes. know, maybe you call it Dutch blue, but cobalt yeah. blue. And they, <laughs> and they love the red, red colors, very vibrant colors yeah. that they use. And they, they also like the floral, a lot of floral arrangements. Yes. And uh, they, they like animals. The peacock yes. is one because they see that as a, a symbol for long life. Mm -hmm. In addition, they, they do oftentimes the tree of life. Yes. Um, and you see a lot of birds, I think, in yeah. their element. What else uh, do you see? Uh, pomegranates. pomegranates. You'll see a lot of pomegranates. Yeah. Also, in the, by the way, in the altars of the... pomegranates also is fertility. Yes. So life. Exactly. And fertility, multiplication, and all that. Um, and um, another thing, well, you'll see uh, like the, 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 the different fruits of the country, like dates and grapes and things like that. So... Um, Yeah, re really nice. And then we have the street signs, of course. So that's a really nice story, yeah, the street signs. The, uh, it's the British also who ordered the street signs. I guess there were no street signs before. No, it was actually the, the I read that it's actually, I always thought it was ah, the, the British Jordanians. Also, it was the Jordanians. Yes. After 1948, 
the old city was under the control of uh, Jor- uh, of yeah. Jordan. Yeah. And they're the ones that commissioned the Armenians mm. to do the Maybe street it signs. was to say sorry for not working on the on the Dome of the Rock, so you can do the street signs, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it was an... Uh, like a, a solution that, so you you see the street signs um really everywhere uh, in and around the old city not only the old city but also outside the old city and um you recognize the original street signs because they will have the street signs in arabic and english right of course yes the jordanians uh yeah. when they commissioned it they they wanted it in arabic mm-hmm. and of course english yes yes and then what happened uh, after 1967, when uh, Jerusalem was united, as we say, when all of uh, Jerusalem became uh, became uh, to be in Israel, then Israel uh, added the names in uh, Hebrew. Yeah, they, but they hired the same family. So originally yes. the Jordanians hired the Carcassians, I think it's the Carcassians, to do the street signs in Arabic and English. And then... The Israelis came to the same family and said, hey, guys, we'd like you to just add a top line above the Arabic and the English in Hebrew. Right. And today you can actually see, uh, you see different signs. Because mm-hmm. Some of them you see that they have the English and the Hebrew uh, and then a border. And then on top of the border is, you can tell, it was just added as an afterthought. As right. The Hebrew. Yes. And then sometimes you see it where you don't have that, that border. Um and in those cases, it looks like just one piece where it's Hebrew, uh, English, and Arabic. And that, you know, was done, commissioned by Israel after 1967. Mm-hmm. So without the addition. So it's exactly. very, very cool that you yes. go along when you're guiding and spot, ah, that one was done uh, when when the state was yeah. co- you know took over uh, Jerusalem, the old city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then another thing that you see everywhere, or not everywhere, was on a lot of houses, uh, both... Arabic, uh, Hebrew, uh, or in, in English, you'll have people that put their n- the name of their family on the, the door of their houses or next to the door of their houses, which is very cute, I think, also. And it's really incorporated in the walls of the, of the house, so it's it's very cute. And a lot of families do that. I live on the sixth floor, so um, it's, uh, you know, by the time you get to in front of my door, you already know where you have to be, so it's... It, would be only for uh, beauty, but I think it's a very nice way of putting your name on your house. What do you think of when you... Uh so I think of, because I, we, I live in the German colony, of course, so when mm-hmm. I walk through the German colony or I give tours through the German colony, the Greek colony, Katamon, um, also um, Baca, all these old neighborhoods, yeah. you see lots of... Um, of the tile work, the ceramic tile work on the buildings on ah, the outside. Yes. yes. Um, and you also see the, the sometimes the, the, the gates will have a label of the family name. Um, so you can also, you of course see it in the Armenian quarter in the old city, which you would expect to see. But then when you come out of the old city to see it in our, our neighborhoods, and even today people are still, we even go in and commission them to do yeah. uh, different work. I, I like uh, many of the different shops that I go to, but it, but it's, it's just fun to walk and see the um, ceramics of the Armenians because a lot of people look at it and they think, oh, that's very classic uh, Muslim uh, from Arabia or something. But it's actually uh, Christian Armenians that were doing this yeah. after, the, after the, the British mandate period until really until till today. Yeah, so we, we are sitting in the house of Ellen and Diane. I'm looking at a jar there that is uh, very beautiful and that's Armenian. 
and there is a vase behind that I recognize right away. I have some uh, really nice Armenian stuff. I'll make a picture and put it with the pod- podcast uh, app. Um, otherwise, uh, it, uh, I do have often people that want me to uh, to that uh, tell me I would like to buy something Armenian pottery, ceramic. Uh, then usually I send them to actually the Christian quarter. Uh, where uh, close to the new gates in the you know the street where all the cafes and restaurants are in uh, li- the street leading to the new gate inside the old city there is a um, that's the sandroni family exactly usually i like to send them there because they are really very good and very uh, friendly and they speak english and a bit of french and so on and uh, and i really like their work and of course you also have some Armenian, uh, another Sandroni member of the family, yeah, but they, they don't. S- they had a split. Yes, I- opposite the Saint James Church. That guy, I also like. He, you always, when you go by, he has very loud uh, music. Uh, very often, Charles Aznavour, which the French listeners, Charles Aznavour, they will recognize him right away because it's um, he's a v- he was a very 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 famous Armenian French uh, singer. So you can hear his music. Yeah, so, so you really have uh, different categories. You have the original mm-hmm. families, which is Balian, and their store is on Nablus Road yes. outside the uh, Damascus Gate. At one time, their store was the Balian and Carcassian family together, and then they split from each other, and the Carcassians opened their shop near the Jaffa Gate, and then they split, and they have one near the Jaffa Gate and one in the Christian Quarter. Uh, so you have those that level. And then you have newer families later in time. That's the Sandroni family. There's a guy that I like uh, right when you come in the Jaffa Gate. If you come in the Jaffa Gate, go around David's Tower towards the, um, towards the cafe of the uh, church uh, there. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, right past there on the left-hand side is a guy who's a master craftsman also, and his uh, name is Victor. Okay. And I like his little shop, and you can see him sitting there painting. Painting, uh, yes. With his his, niece uh, all day long. Um, So there are many, many shops. But the third category uh, today, when you go through, because you're going to see Armenian pottery when you come to Israel all over the old city. But you have to distinguish, because you can also buy um, Armenian pottery that's kind of, I call it knockoff. It's factory made in Hebron. So if you want... Factory made, uh, you can do that. It's mm-hmm. less expensive. Yeah. But some people, like myself, prefer to, yeah. to, to get an original original piece. Um, and that you'd have to go to Sandroni and Carcassian and, and Victor and Carcassian and, uh, and, and Valian <laughs> and so on and so forth. Yeah. But it is more expensive. You know, For since, sure. Since, we've been, since I've been coming to Israel, my wife and I, even our first trips to Israel, we would buy mm. and always take home. Yeah. Uh, and you brought it here to Israel. I, we, we did that. We bought things it, and we brought them here when we moved we, here. We have little yeah. trivets all over the house yeah. from Armenians. And when I am telling tourists, when they want to know, what do I buy? I'm in Israel. And I think we've talked about this in prior podcasts. We even last week, uh, we talked about spices is a great thing to buy to take mm-hmm. home for gifts and for yourself. Uh, the Armenian pottery is another one of those unique distinctly Jerusalem things to take home. Sometimes you can buy small things and it's easy to travel with um, and they're beautiful and, uh, and I think perfect 
perfect gifts that are unique to the land of yeah. Israel. So spices and Armenian pottery. By the way, uh, did you see that the Islamic Art Museum has an exhibit on spices? And I was wondering if they listened to our podcast and then, no, no, of course not. Now I'm thinking uh, too much of ourselves. But anyway, the ceramics is a really, really nice present to bring home. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so um, the question uh, from a listener today comes from Jill, uh, who lives in Cincinnati, Ohio, in the United States. And she, um, she says she's always heard that, uh, that referring to the Kotel or the Western Wall as the Wailing Wall is offensive uh, to the Jewish people. So if that's the case, then why does when she listens to the podcast, do we call it the Wailing Wall sometimes and sometimes the Western Wall and sometimes the Kotel? Ah, and good I question. Think, I think that's an excellent, excellent observation, number one, and a great question. Yeah, yeah. So it's true that the Jewish people here in Israel will call the wall the Kotel, Kotel, or the Western Wall. It Co- is Kotel in Kotel? Hebrew means wall. West wall, right? Or the, the Western Wall, which me- it means that it's the Western Wall of the Temple Mount, not of the Temple, eh? because anyway, so the Western Wall of the Temple Mount. Now, um, it's true that when we talk to... Uh, people from abroad, and most of my clients are not Jewish, uh, I will talk about um, Wailing Wall or Klaagmuur in Dutch or Muur des Lamentations in French. The uh, I'm not even <laughs> going to touch that. So, um, so uh, this is uh, the, a name that comes from um, both the British that were here and, and British Christians who would um, look at the wall and look at the Jews and they would think that the Jews were there crying because of the loss of the temple, and um, which is actually not the case. When people go to the the Wailing Wall, <laughs> the hotel, they pray and they can dance and they can sing and celebrate and so on. So um, it is true. We don't wail. We don't cry there. We can, but it's not what it's for. Um, but the name comes from there. Do you, is that a good answer? Or I do think you have, that's, that's yeah? a very good answer. So, yeah. But to be clear, we do mourn, okay? Many Jews are mourning of course. the loss of the temple that was mm-hmm. destroyed in the year 70. So there is sadness that we do not have the temple anymore, which was critical, central to Jewish life up until its destruction uh, in the year 70. Um, but... Some Jews are a little uncomfortable with the definition that, that we're wailing, that we're the poor, pitiful Jew at the Western Wall. Um, and so, yes, it can be to some people offensive, and words sometimes do matter. Um, but for us as guides, uh, sometimes we have to speak the language of those that we guide, and, uh, and many people around the world know it as the Wailing Wall. Now, when they're here, I like to educate them on the, the terminology Wailing Wall versus Western Wall versus Kotel, uh, and, and we can talk about how it might be offensive. But uh, that was a good question, um, Jill, and uh, that concludes our, our episode for the day. Okay, next to uh, number 60 next week. Wow, yeah. 60. <laughs> yeah. right, have a good week. You Shalom too. Tov. Bye. Thank you for listening to Yala Israel. Send your questions by email at yalaisraelpodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at yalaisraelpodcast. This podcast was made possible with the help of Leah Kramer, our editor, 
Elliot Musses, our musician, and Shai Aloni, our cover art designer.